Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro joined once again by my esteemed colleague, Chris Van Dyne. We've got a great show in line for you uh, today. Going to talk about, uh, we got we picked out six that we think is, are pretty, pretty significant games this week. Uh, first off, we're going to start uh, out, out east, look at that ACC matchup between Virginia and North Carolina. Then we'll uh, go to the Midwest, look at Northwestern versus <laughs> Indiana. Uh, break down the great group of five matchup between SMU and Memphis that's going that's taking place in the uh, Liberty Bowl this weekend. Then we'll take a look at the uh, Governor's Cup is on the line, that Kansas State at Kansas game. We'll handicap the Oregon at USC Pac-12 matchup, and then we'll finally get underway. We got an SEC play for our Power Sweep two-star play that we'll talk about, of course, the world's largest cocktail indoor cocktail outdoor cocktail party, I should say. Before we get into this week's action, though, let me uh, just let you know a couple of things we have going on here at North Coast Sports this weekend. You know, we're it's a special weekend this weekend. It's called our Turn Back the Clock weekend. We're going all the way back. You know, we've been around at North Coast Sports doing handicapping since 1982. So we decided to turn back the clock weekend with the clocks going back. We, we got our prices back to those same ones that we charged back in 1982. So get this. Listen to this. If you want the college star-rated side selections this weekend, it's only 50 bucks. NFL star-rated plays, only 50 bucks. If you want both of them, you're not going to pay $100. you are going to pay only $75 if you want all those star-rated plays. And guess what? We didn't even have totals back then. You know you want to get involved in our totals because those totals, 22 and 13, 63% this year, just rocking and rolling. You can can add those totals for just $25 more. So uh, actually, you can get all the star-rated plays for a total of $100 this weekend by calling 1-800-654-3448. Again, appreciate all you guys out there listening and uh, participating in our plays and in our weekend packages and, of course, our Power Sweep uh, newsletter. Really want you to take advantage of our Turn Back the Clock weekend with the clocks turning back this weekend. And if you haven't signed up for next year's Power Sweep yet, one more week, I believe. This is it. $69 to get you next season's uh, Next season of Power Sweep, and I uh, just want to let you know, you know, you get involved with those star-rated plays in the Power Sweep, those college top four-star selections. They're four and one the last five weeks. NFL selections in Power Sweep are just, just scorching hot. The last thirteen weeks are on a seventy percent run, seventy-six, thirty-two, and four on that star basis. The last thirteen weeks, so uh, really want you to jump on board there. But okay, Chris, that's enough of that. One eight hundred six five four three four four eight. I'll throw the number out again, or you can go online just as easy, ncsports.com, and pick up the plays that way. Let's get it started. Now we got our first game on tap. Uh, nice ACC matchup, battle of first place in the Coastal Division. Chris, Virginia at North Carolina. Uh, uh, really weird battle for first in the coastal. You got a four and four team in North Carolina, also four and four against the spread. Virginia five and three straight up, just three and five against the spread. Line opened up despite Virginia having the better record. North Carolina opened up as a two point favorite at home, and currently they are now laying two and a half, so just a little bit higher than what it opened up at. You know what? I I do like the situation for the Tar Heels. They're on their second of their back to back home games. They got a buy on deck. Uh, Who's are traveling for a second straight week? following in what I thought was their worst game since late September. So situation favors North Carolina. 
Uh, Virginia, they'll have the edge on defense, but you know what? They did allow 227 yards, uh, rushing yards last week, 5.0 yards per carry at Louisville. And, uh, you know, North Carolina, they've ran for 205-plus yards in two out of the last three games. So I'm looking for a North Carolina squad that's going to be able to perhaps run the ball here against this Virginia team. Also, Lastly, my thing, Chris, Carolina, they've been the more consistent team this year. Uh, While seven of their eight games have been decided by six points or less, all of their wins have come by at least a field goal. And guess what? That's all they need to cover this week. I've got Carolina laying two and a half over Virginia. Well, it is kind of weird. You know, the Coastals, it's it's a weird division, man. Aside from Georgia Tech, anybody could win this division. And if you didn't know – this division has won, been won by a different team every year since its inception. Each team in the ACC, other than Virginia, or in the ACC Coastal, has won a division once. Virginia, if they were to win it this year, would mean everybody's taken one turn to win the Coastal. But, uh, you know, this game's going to go a long way to determining that. Uh, Virginia's lost three of the last four, and all three of those losses are on the road. They are plus 60 yards per game in a season. You got to like North Carolina's competitiveness. Seven of their nine games have been decided by six points or less. They managed to find themselves in a lot of close games. Mac Brown does his best work as an underdog, but I, 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 I like North Carolina this week, and there's a few reasons why. And the first one is that they're getting healthier. They had a couple significant injuries in the secondary. Their nickelback Trey Morrison and their their safety, probably their top defensive back, uh, Wolfolk. All, both are likely to be back this week, so it's going to be a healthier secondary, healthier defense for North Carolina. On the flip side, Virginia, they're a little banged up right now. Uh, Bryce Perkins in particular, the quarterback, dealing with multiple injuries. Last week they uh, removed all the uh, designed quarterback runs from the playbook, and if you, if you don't know, Bryce Perkins is a mobile quarterback. He does a lot of things outside the pocket with his legs. He's their second-leading rusher. So if you take away the, the designed runs and you, you can't run him anymore, now you're limiting him to be more of a pocket passer, which is not Bryce Perkins' strength. Uh, Virginia does only allow 106 rushing yards per game. Uh, or, I'm sorry, they, they only average 106 rushing yards per game, so not a very good rush offense. And on top of it, now you're putting more pressure in your quarterback to throw the ball. So I favor North Carolina in that regard. Offensively for North Carolina, Sam Howell's been excellent this year. He's a true freshman, 59% completions, 22-5 to ratio. Virginia does have a very good pass defense, number 43 in our pass efficiency defense ratings. But cornerback Bryce Hall, possible top uh, first-round draft pick next year, came back, could have gone out last year. He's out for the year. Broke his ankle a couple weeks ago. Huge loss for Virginia, and that was the catalyst for the secondary that is no longer going to be defending against Sam Howell. Uh, Virginia's offense only averaging 49 yards per game, less than what their opponents are allowing on average. That's number 108 in the country. North Carolina has a huge advantage on offense. They're averaging 89 yards per game, more than their opponents allowing, and that's good enough for 16th in the country. So, Big big advantage, North Carolina there. My original line when I looked at this was North Carolina minus three. But as I look at it and I, I get a better feel for this game, I think North Carolina wins this game closer by a touchdown, maybe up to 10 points. So I've got North Carolina covering this one fairly easily. 
All right, let's move along to the Big Ten matchup here. Not a lot of Big Ten games to choose from this week. A lot of teams on buys uh, with that second bye week of the college football season. So we went ahead and went with one that we think there's a lot of value. Northwestern at Indiana. Now, you look at these teams, Northwestern comes in 1-6 and six straight up, 2-5 and five against the spread. Indiana, 6-2 and two straight up, 5-3 and three against the spread. You know, the line opened up, you would think, a team 1-6 and six against a team 6-2. and two. Indiana only opened up 11.5-point favorite, and the line has actually dropped a half a point. Indiana is now laying 11. Now, uh, schools, obviously, again, trending in opposite directions. Indy's the one 4-5. Northwestern has lost five straight. However... You look at these teams, Northwestern, they've played our number one toughest schedule in the entire nation. Indiana, they've only faced our number 73 toughest schedule. So Northwestern, definitely the more battle-tested team. Also, another point, Chris, that I think gives us some value here is, you know, the Hoosiers are in some uncharted territory here. You know, they're bowl eligible for the first time under head coach Tom Allen. And not only are they eligible, are they bowl eligible for, for the first time under Tom Allen, so we don't know how they're going to react to that. But it's also the earliest that they've been bowl eligible since 1993. That's crazy. There's there's people in our office that weren't even born yet, Chris. And this is the earliest that they've been bowl eligible since then. So I, I just have a tough time knowing how they're going to react after coming in. They've already uh, achieved their goal of becoming bowl eligible, something they really wanted to do. They put a big effort in doing that. Now they are bowl eligible. How are they going to react to that, especially against the team that is on the downward trend, needs needs to get some mojo back, and has played a much tougher schedule and is is uh, you know a lot more battle tested. I still think Northwestern. They got a good. They're solid on defense. They've held three of their last uh, four opponents to over a hundred yards below their season average. I like that. I think Northwestern's quarterbacks are going to come to play a little bit more. You know, Hunter Johnson had some personal family problems going on. Uh, article came out this past week. His mother was dealing with cancer. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald let him let him take a little bit of time away from the team. He's come back. He wants to start practicing again. So you might want to, you might get to see a more clear head headed uh, Hunter Johnson at quarterback for Northwestern. So uh, lastly, I got to say, I mean, as a dog, I, we've talked about it be- many times on this podcast before, Chris, about uh, Northwestern being a dog. Just want to remind you guys listening out there, Northwestern as an away dog, twenty nine and ten as an away dog. I'll take those odds all day. Give me. Northwestern plus the 11 to cover this game well uh, I, I did notice I, I, I one of my notes here is Indiana off their best start since 1993 at six and two and that that is remarkable for the Hoosiers to be bowl eligible this early and you do have to wonder how they're going to react they're off back-to-back road wins coming home Northwestern's only one and six but the funny thing is this is Indiana's toughest home game by far so far their wins at home Rutgers Connecticut Eastern Illinois Northwestern's better than all three of those teams. So, you know, Indiana's played really well at home, but they haven't beaten anybody there. Um, Northwestern, solid defense, holding opponents 70 yards per, per game below their average. Wildcats have won nine of the last ten, including five straight in the series. I'm not super confident in Northwestern themselves because they're only averaging 266 yards on offense. It makes me kind of leery. Indiana does seem like the better team. But, man, Fitzgerald is an away dog. is so good. And I was looking, and I noticed if it weren't for uh, the fluky touchdown in the first game of the year where Northwestern didn't cover against Stanford when on the last play of the game and the ball got fumbled back into the end zone, Stanford ended up covering that one. As far as I could tell, that would be 13 straight covers as an away dog for Northwestern. That's remarkable. So 
you can't go against Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald in this role. I'm going Northwestern. I, I definitely think they stay within the 11. I think that's probably why uh, the line is a little bit lower than you'd think. You know? So I, I agree with you. And Northwestern, take the points. It wouldn't shock me at all if they pulled the outright upset in this one either, no, Chris. Me either. Me either. Absolutely not. All right. Now let's go along to um, <laughs> what may be the biggest game of the weekend. Holy cow. We got a group of five matchup. The undefeated SMU Ponies at Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. SMU 8-0, against the spread. Uh, Memphis 7-1 straight up, 5-3 against the spread. Line opened up. SMU's undefeated, but wow, Memphis minus three. It's all the way up to minus six now, so the public is definitely not buying into the SMU hype all over Memphis in this one, and you know what? I think rightfully so. I think SMU is going to start to feel that unbeaten pressure even more so. Uh, you know, they've won two out of the last three games by ju- by under a touchdown, so I think they're already starting to feel that pressure. That's against lesser foes. Memphis is a much better foe. College game day, they're in Memphis for the first time. They're expecting a sellout or a near sellout crowd at the Liberty Bowl. That's a big plus in ter- in on the side of Memphis. Memphis... Uh, Plus 143 yards per game at home, while SMU, they're great at home. They're plus 207 yards per game at home. But when SMU is on the road, they're only plus 27 yards per game away. So big discrepancy there. I like that makes me like uh, Memphis again. Also, quarterback Brady White, Memphis quarterback, he's followed up his breakout season last year with an even better performance this year. He's completing 69% of his passes with a 20-4 to ratio. And SMU on the pass D, their pass D isn't bad. However, they have allowed 21 touchdowns while only intercepting nine passes. And finally, Chris, Tigers, they've lost just once in 11 games in the month of November under Mike Norvell. I know they don't have I know that you know they got to cover the line, but I think that they're going to win this game by more than the 6 and I will call for Memphis lay the points, take the Tigers, upset or uh, t- take the undefeated record away from SMU and uh, go with Memphis. Well, I have to admit I, I had a tough tough time with this game because I'm looking at this game and first off I, I I'm in agreement I'm thinking, you know, you got to play against SMU because the, uh, the they're undefeated and it, it's they they haven't always dominated this year. You know they had the close game against Tulsa. Memphis did too, and uh, you know, but Memphis is at home. And then the line kept shooting up, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, can you really still take Memphis? But the more I look at it, I, I think you do. Um, you know, SMU does have to feel a little disrespected though, which kind of concerns me because you're eight zero, and suddenly you're nearly a touchdown underdog. So. But it, it, it's it's a tough game to call. Memphis being at home, I, I think the excitement of being at home gives them a little bit of an extra edge. They've outgained three of their they, they've been outgained in three of their last five games, but they they've won all uh, three of those uh, were wins against Navy, ULM, and Tulsa. SMU's been outgained by th- in three of their last five, and that was against TCU, Tulsa, and Houston. So you know both teams are getting outgained occasionally, but again, Memphis at home. Their offense averaging 77 yards per game, more than their opponents are allowing, good for number 25 in the country. And the big edge I find in this game is Memphis' special teams. and Our number three special teams unit, they're going to be good for some extra points in this game that they're going to need. And the excitement, the atmosphere, I think is going to push Memphis over the edge. I, I'm not real confident in it. I, I can't go much farther over a touchdown, but I do like Memphis to cover this right now. I think it finishes right between 7 and 10. 
I'm glad you talked about that uh, special teams edge because I meant to say, too, one other thing, uh, and then we'll move on to the next game. But I believe it was l- the last game. This was the first game all season that where SMU did not have a missed uh, point after touchdown or field goal in the game. So only once this year has that happened where they have not missed uh, a, a, an extra point or a field goal. So, yeah, big, big special teams edge there, which I think is going to help Memphis uh, cover that game. And Liberty Bowl is a tough place to play for any outsider to come in there. All right, moving along. Wow. You know, we're talking about uh, not a lot of games to choose from in the Big Ten, not a lot of games to choose from in the Big 12 either with these buys. However, you know, Kansas State of Kansas, it doesn't sound sexy, you know, on paper or anything or, you know, through this podcast. You got Kansas State 5-2 and two straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread. Kansas just 3-5 and five straight up, 4-4 four and four against the spread. But, you know, it's a huge rivalry game and one that, I would, that, you know, I'm looking forward to. And I think you can make some money off of this one. Line opened up. Kansas State was laying a, touch, a full touchdown, minus 7. Currently, it's dropped a point. So, uh public going on Kansas and you know what I think rightfully so huge rivalry game just talked about you know they play for the Governor's Cup the series has been played every year since 1911 so these teams know each other very very well uh new Kansas head coach Les Miles I think he has a he has me believing in Kansas again um he had to replace his offensive coordinator. When he did that in early October, how has Kansas responded? Only by averaging nearly 100 yards per game on offense, more than what their opponents allow. So offense has just done a complete 180 in the month of October and really going to go full throttle, I think, in November, especially in this matchup. Uh, you know, looking at Kansas State, they're 5-2, and two, Chris, straight up and against the spread. But, wow, a little bit of smoke and mirrors there because Kansas State – has outgained, get this, one FBS opponent this year. They got five wins. They've outgained one of those opponents this year. You know who that was? Bowling Green. Perhaps, if not not the worst, but if it's UMass and Akron, i got to probably say Bowling Green is the third worst team in the FBS, and that's the only team that they've outgained all season. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me there. Uh, also, Kansas State, they're on the road. They're minus 183 yards per game on the road. They have a first-time FBS head coach. They're off a monumental upset over Oklahoma. Kansas has a coaching edge. Kansas is at home. Kansas has covered three straight in this series, and they're going to make it four straight after this weekend. Take Kansas plus the points in this one. Well, the question for me is how do you go from being – uh, the, the big underdog, the Cinderella, pulling off that huge upset, monumental win, like you said, under a first-year head coach. And, and Chris Kleiman's got a tough job on his hands to come off that win and have to play in this game as a, nearly a touchdown favorite against a, a huge rival that is feeling a lot more confident now. And, and, you know, Kansas, for years, they've been a doormat of the Big 12 and, frankly, the doormat of the FBS, you know, or Power 5, I should say. Probably, you know, the last couple of years, the worst Power 5 program. But Les Miles, you know, that the Riverboat Gambler guy, he's he's come back and uh, kind of shown that he can adapt with the times and opening up his offense, which is something that he was so criticized at LSU – He's done a great job at Kansas getting this offense going. Fired his offense coordinator a couple games into the season, which was very unexpected because, you know, what did you really expect him to do? But it's worked. You know, that I watched almost that entire game last week against Texas Tech, and I came away very impressed with Kansas. 
in particular quarterback Carter Stanley, completing 64%, 19-to-5 ratio. The Jayhawks are minus 71 yards per game on the season. But if you remove the TCU game, which they absolutely got crushed in that game, just bad performance from a, uh, from a young, inexperienced team, take that game away, they're only minus 14 yards per game. So this is a Kansas team that keeps improving, is off a big win themselves, but not such a big win that you know that that, that they're gonna sit back and rest on their laurels, like Kansas State might, and feel like you know that they they don't have to come out and play their best game. Rivalry game, you know how rivalry games typically are. They're close games, hard fought, funny things happen. Kansas State only plus eight yards per game, but minus 135 yards per game in Big 12 play. They've yet to win the game in the stats against a Big 12 team, like you mentioned. Fat and happy with a struggling offense, averaging 50 yards per game, less than their opponents are allowing, number 109 in the country in that stat. Les Miles will sell his boys that they can win. A bowl isn't impossible for Kansas, so they have a lot to play for. And, you know, this would be a huge feather in the cap for Kansas to get this win. So I like the Jayhawks to pull the outright upset. After watching that game last week, I'm a believer. All right, go Jayhawks, go. Now let's move along to our Pac-12 matchup. And I got a good one here. Oregon at USC. Oregon comes in at 7-1 and one straight up, 4-4 four and four against the spread. USC 5-3 and three straight up, 4-4 four and four against the spread. Line opened up, Oregon minus 4.5. It's, it's gone up a, uh, up to 5, gone up a half a point. You know, this is a potential Pac-12 title game preview right here because uh, both of these teams obviously could end up in that Pac-12 title game. Uh, Oregon, they got a huge edge on defense and over their last four games they're plus 120 yards per game usc over that same span they're only plus four yards per game oregon they've got a balanced offensive attack they got justin herbert running back cj verdell i like both of those guys on offense i don't think they're going to have any problem putting points on the board uh, against this trojan defense and then uh i say whoever wins this game usually covers the reason why i say that you know this game 11 straight meetings the 11 straight times the straight-up winner has covered in this game. I think USC is going to win. That means I think USC is going to cover – or that means – I said – what did I – I said I think Oregon is going to win. That means I think Oregon is going to cover this game. I'm going to say take Oregon, lay the points. We'll go Ducks over the Trojans. Uh, Oregon, you know, I'm really impressed by them this year. Winners of seven straight. Going back to the opener, had Auburn on the ropes, should have beat Auburn, absolutely should have won that game. So they, they could be 8-0 right now. They've won four straight – I'm sorry, four of the last six against USC, both straight up and against the spread. So they've got a little bit of serious history on their side. Trojans are off back-to-back wins, but they, they were gashed last week through the air by Colorado. They allowed 324 pass yards. Now you're facing Justin Herbert and Oregon's offense. Uh, Oregon plus 158 yards per game on the year. USC's played a slightly tougher schedule, but they're only plus 13 yards per game. Uh, Trojans defense a little bit banged up, allowing 15 yards per game more than their opponents are allowing. Only number 80 in the country in that stat. Number two tackler, number eight tackler, both out. A couple other guys are questionable. Ducks averaging 466 yards per game. Herbert 21 to one ratio, 68% completions. They're averaging 50 yards per game more than their opponents allow. I think the Ducks will beat up a tired, kind of banged-up USC defense. I, I, I'm going to call for them to win by a touchdown. It might be a little more than that, but quack, quack. I'm going with Oregon. 
All right, and now moving along to our special two-star. Hopefully, we'll give you guys a little bit better luck than we've had the last couple of weeks in this selection. Normally, very, very, very well. And uh, what game, what better game to choose? Georgia versus Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia 6-1 and one straight up. Florida 7-1 and one straight up. So both these teams just one loss apiece. Um, against the spread, not not so much, though. Georgia 3-4 and four against the spread. Florida 4-4 four and four against the spread. Line opened up. Georgia laying 3 and a half. I'm not really surprised, Chris. This line has gone up three points. Georgia is now laying six and a half points, but uh, you know, d- doesn't scare me as doesn't scare me off. The SEC East elimination game uh, coming into the season, I thought Georgia was the better team, uh, and I still do. I, Georgia has the edge on on uh, defense, and I think you know, I think we're getting some good value here based on the last couple of weeks um, by Georgia. And the reason why I say that is because I think, um, you know, they played the far better games uh, versus South Carolina and Kentucky uh, than they went on the scoreboard and, you know, are plus 205 yards per game. So while the, 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 the score didn't look very, very good the last couple of weeks for Georgia, they played much better than what that score indicated. I'm sure you'll touch on that more uh, with the listeners and the, and the Bulldogs. They've won and covered each of the last two years in this rivalry. I think they're going to make it three straight. Again, it doesn't scare me that it's up to six and a half. I'll go with Georgia all the way up to double digits in this one. As long as it stays under double digits, give me Georgia minus the points over Florida. You know, Georgia's kind of a disrespected team right now. They uh, they won their first five games by 32 points per game. They were dominating everyone. Then they lost that South Carolina game despite having a plus 171-yard edge. And Jake Fromm threw three interceptions, four interceptions, I believe, that game, and, and which was so uncharacteristic of him. He's been such a reliable quarterback as far as taking care of the ball. Threw more interceptions that game than he had in a year and a half, I believe. It, it just was a very weird game. Then on top of it, you have your kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship, who's been like the most automatic kicker in the SEC the last couple years. Goes and misses a uh, field goal, misses two field goals that game. That would have won the game with, without even going to overtime. Just a weird game for Georgia that week. Then the next week they go to Kentucky, and it's 0-0 at halftime. And if you didn't watch the game and you're like, you know, how was it 0-0 at halftime? How did Georgia only win that game 21 nothing? How did they only score 21 points? Well, the game was played in a driving rainstorm to the point where Jake Fromm said that they couldn't even bother trying to throw the ball. So it made their offense very one-dimensional. So uh, – kind of got to toss that Kentucky game out and they still won the game 21 nothing so you know that it wasn't like it was a terrible terrible performance they just had a bad first half and a in bad weather dogs are plus 205 yards per game like you mentioned are averaging 237 rushing yards a game holding opponents 136 yards below their average that's good for number five in the country on defense Florida did win their first six by 22 points per game they were there with LSU into the fourth quarter, tied 28-28. That was a close game. But Florida beat South Carolina. And, you know, I watched that game, and that very fluky win for Florida. They ended up – they were down 20-17 to in late third quarter, and they had a couple late touchdowns in the fourth quarter where, you know, I think they scored three touchdowns in a six-minute period where – you know, the one was like a 75-yard touchdown run where the, uh, the Florida wide receiver was holding a South Carolina defensive back for about 45 yards, playing his day, and no one called it. Just a couple of things that uh, were missed in that game. Muschamp got a 15-yard penalty called against him. 
a weird game. And then Florida, you know, they got outgained by South Carolina thirty three by thirty three yards in that game. Georgia out, outgained South Carolina by one hundred and seventy one. Florida's plus one hundred yards per game on the season. Georgia's plus two hundred five. Florida's only allowing one hundred twenty five rushing yards a game, three point eight yards per carry. But the last two, they've given up two eighteen and two seventeen versus LSU and South Carolina. They've gotten gashed in the ground. So you got to think the dogs with one of the most experienced offensive lines in the SEC. Very physical offense. They'll take advantage of that. I think DeAndre Swift will have a big game. He averaged 8.7 yards per carry against Florida last year. I think they'll rely on him. They'll also hit him with some play-action passes. Fromm will get the ball downfield. Fromm will not make the mistakes that he made against South Carolina. This will be a good win for Georgia. Get him back you know, in that playoff contention because they still have a shot if they beat Auburn and win the uh, SEC championship, beating either Alabama or LSU. So I'm going to call for uh, the dogs to get it done. You know, the Florida, another another point for Florida I forgot to mention, they, they're not going to get any pressure on from. Georgia's allowed four sacks all season, which is the strength of the Florida defense, getting pressure on that quarterback. No one's done that to, to Georgia yet. So I've got Georgia winning. Uh, it's, we had the line of seven in power sweep. I, I like it up to ten now. All right, very good. That's our two-star play, too, as well. So hopefully give you guys some more luck there. All right, everybody, uh, again, want to remind you again this weekend, take advantage of it, man. Take back the Turn Back the Clock weekend. You can get all of our star-rated selections for only 100 bucks. 100 bucks gets you all the star-rated selections. Really take advantage of that. 1-800-654-3448. 1-800-654-3448. Chris, you want to give them that discount code? Sure, why not? Uh, even if we are doing turn back the clock weekend, we're crazy here. We're, we don't care. We whatever. Still offering that ten dollar code. Ten dollars off a late phone package. You want to get uh college plays? Fifty bucks? Nah, forty bucks if you say triple M MMM. You want the college and the NFL star rated plays for seventy five? We'll take ten dollars off that too. Sixty five bucks. All you got to call in and say is MMM. Make more money. All right. All right, everybody, that'll do it for us again this week. Uh, this week's edition of the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. For Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro. Thanks for tuning in and listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.